Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, if you've had a bladder leak today, listen up. I get it. I tried pills and pads for years but couldn't find relief until I found Axonics Therapy. It's a tiny device that put me back in control of my bladder. Why not see if it could work for you? Visit FindRealRelief.com. That's FindRealRelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to FindRealRelief.com. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to a new episode of the Sports Stove Podcast. I'm here with my dad, and in just a moment, we'll be joined with a special guest, Ryan McCarthy, the hockey department head for Belly Up Sports, going to join us to talk about hockey here in just a second. But first, I want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by Blue Coolers. Blue Coolers has the best of the best when it comes to coolers. 55-quart coolers, their best seller, five-star rated, five-year warranty, 10-day ice retention as well. Top-of-the-line coolers. Some people call Blue Coolers the Yeti killer, and uh, there's a good reason for it. The prices are better, and the quality is just as good, if not better. So make sure you go visit Blue Coolers. We'll put the link in the podcast notes. And uh, you can go through that link so that we know that that they know that we sent you and uh, get your cooler as we are just now heading into camping season, fishing season, the outdoors uh, sports season where you're out hiking and things like that. Not us, Dad. We don't hike. But uh, uh, other people out hiking as well. And uh, so make sure you go visit Blue Coolers. We're also sponsored by Skull Candy. We have a link for them also in the audio notes. And, uh, and there's never a bad time to buy a new set of earbuds. So make sure you go visit Skull Candy, again, using the link in the podcast notes there as well. Today, uh, me and Dad are going to be previewing uh, the last of Major League Baseball's divisions. We'll be looking at the NL Central and the NL East. We're going to do that later. We're going to start off by bringing in uh, the guest, Ryan McCarthy. Again, he's the hockey department head at Belly Up Sports. He's also the host of No Credentials Required and Around for the Weekend podcast that you can find through BellyUpSports.com. Ryan McCarthy, thanks for joining us today. Uh, pleasure, gentlemen. Thanks for having me on. Definitely. And Ryan was kind enough to have uh, me visit uh, both of his podcasts at different times as well. And and uh, glad to bring in Ryan. But I don't talk a lot of hockey, mainly because I don't follow a lot of hockey. So we had to bring in the professional uh, to kind of get us going on that. I want to start with uh, let's start with the ESPN deal that was a couple weeks ago. NHL signed a seven-year deal with ESPN after several years at NBC, I think since 2004 at NBC. Uh, what does this contract mean for the NHL moving forward and how it's going to help the league? I think it'll help the league, the league plenty. Uh, I, I just, uh, just reading up, reading up back up on it, uh, uh, just before we went on the air, actually I'm reading up uh, right now, but there's a lot to it. Uh, if, uh, if you haven't heard much about it, uh, ESPN and yeah. The uh, NHL, uh, seven years, two point eight billion dollars. That's with a B. <laughs> so it's that's a lot of money. I mean, it's and, and ESPN is going to do a lot for the NHL because you're not going just only going to have games back on ESPN. And I can't wait for Gary Thorne and uh, Bill Clement to be to be together again as the as the team as the team the A team uh, for the NHL. But uh, included in that, you've got streaming rights for Hulu, streaming rights for ESPN Plus. I believe Disney Plus is going to get a couple of games too. So, you know, this is a big deal for the NHL because 
with the fans not being in the stands uh, last the, for the last part of last season and most of this season, depending on where you are, they lost a lot of money. So as, as naturally as a lot of uh, leagues have, except, except for the NFL, uh, but they need some way to make up that money. And when NBCSN, NBC said we're gonna we're gonna streamline NBCSN as a network, uh, we're gonna move most of our stuff to different networks. ESPN came along and said, "Hey, let's partner up again." And they've already got games on ESPN Plus, so we might as well just make the whole deal real and have it back, have games back on the, the major networks again, the ESPN and ESPN Two. So, you know, it, it's a pretty big deal. I'm I'm really happy that they could uh, they could have uh, the, the NHL back on ESPN. Yeah, and like you said, losing money signing a 2.8 billion dollar contract helps a lot. <laughs> Making up 400 million dollars a year. That's crazy. For seven years, over the course of seven years, it's crazy. Yeah, now they have so many different ways to put it, you know, to, to put it out in public. As I, I said on your podcast uh, at the beginning of the NHL season, the NHL, in my opinion, failed to market the the league very well because mm-hmm. they uh, they did the bubble great last year, but yet no one knew about it unless you were a legit hockey fan. Right. And, uh, having it now more available to the public uh, is definitely going to be a help growing uh, with that. What about the uh, situation with Canada? They just uh, took their quarantine down to a week as opposed to two weeks. Trade deadline's coming up pretty fast here in the NHL. Um, yeah, I don't think Canada makes their decisions based off the trade deadline. but, but uh, I'm pretty sure it did. They did this time. <laughs> they got to help the teams out. Um, how, how, help them out. Going, how are things going in Canada with the league? And, and, you know, I mean, the NBA had to move out of Canada for the year. Uh, the NHL didn't do that, but uh, how are no. the league? Uh, with Canada, things are going surprisingly well. Uh, uh, they didn't really have, unlike a lot of teams in the state, a bunch of teams in the states, they didn't have uh, like a COVID situation uh, until I think this past week. Montreal had put their team activities uh, halted them for a week. Uh, they've only played thirty one. They've played thirty one games. The rest of the division. Uh, they've played upwards of 37. So, uh, I, I mean, they've they've handled the, their their situation pretty well. Uh, it, like you said, Vince, it's kind of odd that they decided to uh, lower their quarantine from seven to 14. According to to NHL.com, the decision was made by the Canada government on quote under national interest grounds unquote. So interpret that how you how you may, <laughs> but I think that with the trade deadline two weeks away, legitimately two weeks away t- tomorrow, it's going to be very imperative that these teams make deals either now or within the next week. Because if they make those deals within the next week to two weeks, they can have players on their team sooner than later. Uh, Dad, why don't you go ahead and ask your question you had, because i got some more questions, but it'll kind of play off of yours. Um, I'm just trying to remember exactly. I heard the first of the year about how the playoffs are going to work. And with the teams in Canada, is everybody coming together for the playoffs? Are they bringing all the playoff teams together? Or, or is, are they traveling much like they did during the season? They're going to keep the playoffs within the divisions. So there's still travel. Uh, it's, it won't be until the semifinals, until the playoff, until the uh, Stanley Cup uh, semifinals, when we get down to the last four teams that we'll see, we'll have to have, and I, I don't know if the Canadian teams, one of the Canadian teams is going to come down to the United States or by then, you know, we could have our COVID situations figured out and the borders will open up again. Cause as, as far as I know, unless for, unless it's, unless it's a, a situation where you, it's absolutely positively, you have to travel. Like if you're a trucker or if you're like, you know, just a, a necessary worker, uh, you can't go up to. I can't go up north. So uh, I think, but I think by the time the 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 playoffs come around, I think I think the semifinals are in like end of June, beginning July. So yeah. by that time, it'll be okay to travel. It won't be a problem. But for the first couple of rounds of the playoffs, it's going to stay in the divisions, uh, like they did before uh, the before the bubble last year. Uh, so you'll have the East playing the East teams. You'll have the, I'm sorry, the Mass Mutual East teams playing the Mass Mutual East teams, the Honda West teams playing the Honda West teams. They can't, and, and so on and so forth. So they'll, they'll stay within divisions for the first two rounds. Uh, it might get a little tricky for the last two rounds, but I think, like I said, I think by the time the uh, late June, early July comes around, I think we'll have this thing figured out and get open up the borders again and 
will have travel they'll be able to travel to uh, up north or down south. Is it is it the top four in each division? Top four. It's the it's the top four in each division. Each division. Yep. All right. Um, so you think you, your your podcast, No Credentials Required, focuses a lot on the New York area teams and things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, so I mean, kind of the leading team right now. There's the Buffalo Sabers, right? Uh, leading in terms of losing, sure. <laughs> they, they've they have an epic losing streak going on right now. They've lost fifteen in a row, and I think the I think sixteen in a row is the is the is the uh, is the record. Uh, I believe that's a two thousand three two thousand four Penguins. So that's how they wound up with Sidney Crosby in the in the in the draft that season, the following season. But the Buffalo Sabers, I, I don't know. They even they had a they had a coaching change, and they're still losing, still losing games. I don't understand how that happens. So it's got to be something going on in the locker room, where th- there's some sort of culture in the locker room that has to absolutely positively change. Because I've never seen this. I, I can't remember the last time a team fired a coach in the midst of a losing streak and kept losing games. <laughs> it doesn't happen ever. Usually it's, it's, it's a kick in the butt to, to get them going to the other opposite direction. But this time around, I don't know. And I, I know there's a, there's a major trade exodus going on. Eric Stahl just got traded to Montreal. So he's the first on his way out. I think, I think we're going to see some more players leave Buffalo before the trade deadline. One of them could be Jack Eichel. Uh, it's going to, it's going to be a King's ransom to get Jack Eichel. Uh, it could be Taylor Hall. So who knows? Maybe they should just fire the uh, the coach again and try another one. Did <laughs> that, that work? Uh, I don't know. It's it's, it's Terry Pagula. I don't know about. I don't know. He he, he gives he gives chances like candy. <laughs> uh, any surprise teams this year? Teams that are outperforming what was expected of them? Uh I could go division by division because there's there's several teams that are completely outweighing my expectations. Uh, I'm going to start in the. In the uh, cent- the Discover Central, Florida has been out of sight. I mean, they're, they're sticking in the top two, three in the division this year. I think Joel Quenville's doing an excellent job with that team. Uh, they made the playoff bubble last year. They didn't advance. The, the Islanders advanced out of that bubble. They beat them to go out. But I think Florida's going to be a handful come playoff time. Uh, and the Mass Mutual East, uh, Pittsburgh ex- has exceeded my expectations. I picked them to be fifth and out of the playoff, out of the playoffs completely. Uh, they have exceeded my expectations again. Uh, they've got a younger team with a younger defense, and they're young. They've got young goaltenders, uh, but they're they've been on a pretty big tear for the last month or so. So they're they're third in the in the East Division right now. Uh, in the West, Minnesota. Uh, I've said on different podcasts, I've said on the, our, our fantasy live show, you cannot call Minnesota the Minnesota Wild a boring team anymore. They are no longer a boring team. They can score goals. They're a fast team. They're very exciting. They got that they're the, the Calder Cup. I th- he's my Calder Cup favorite right now, uh, Carol Keprasov, who is having a tremendous rookie season. And in the North, I, I think Toronto expected de- definitely has been the surprise of that division. Uh, they're playing very good defensive hockey, solid goaltending. They can score. They got some guys, a, a, a core group of guys of Marner and uh, let's see Marner and uh, uh, Austin Matthews. Those core guys, they can score a lot of goals. Winnipeg also is a, a bit of a surprise. I thought they were going to be one of the last, the, the first of the teams out of the division, but they're currently sitting in second place and they're two points behind Toronto. So those are my surprise teams so far this year. It's, 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 it's really, really, really exciting year in, in the hockey world for sure. Dad and I are Predators fans. They're on a four game win streak, had a, a heck of a game against Detroit the other night with Rocco Grimaldi getting four goals. Four. Yeah. Uh, they play Chicago and they're only two points back on Chicago right now for that four spot. And mm-hmm. give us some, something positive about Nashville that we can look forward to. Uh, I, I I say one thing about positive. One thing positive about Nashville, uh, they can score goals. I mean, they, they they can score goals. They don't have to necessarily. I mean, they get, they play they're playing better defense. Uh, I actually just saw that they signed one of the best, one of the top defensemen in college hockey, uh, David Ferentz, to a contract. So he's probably going to be on his way up. He's an offensive defenseman. I saw him play a little bit yesterday in the re- in the regional. Unfortunately for Boston University, they lost. But Boston University's loss is Nashville's gain. So you're getting a sh- yourself a heck of a player who can move the puck uh, from blue line to blue line and is a really good shooter. He's a really good. He's a really he's a fast skater. Good defenseman, 
So you got yourselves you got your get yourself a good defenseman there. Hopefully, for if you're a Nashville fan, uh, he can contribute to a playoff run. Uh, they've won four in a row, as you said, Vince. So you you're definitely looking at a a, a future star in David Ferrance, who could probably help the help the Predators to some sort of a some sort of run where they could try and make the playoffs. Speaking of Nashville, it wasn't too long ago there was controversy in Nashville. Uh, referee Tim Peel caught on the hot mic. Uh, <laughs> you wanted to get one early on Nashville. Um, uh, Dad, I will get your opinion on this in a second too. But uh, Ryan, what, what? Let me ask you this: What are your thoughts on makeup calls and the situation with Tim Peel? <sighs> Yeah, you know, I've had a couple of days to kind of sit back. I, I didn't want to give my immediate reaction. I I want to sit back. I, I want to kind of, kind of uh, have some introspection about the situation. But when you look at other the other three major sports, football, baseball, for instance. I mean, with baseball, the home plate umpires their strike zones can vary. They can either make you they they, they drive you batty because they're either either the strike zone so wide that you could drive a truck through it or they're so narrow that you know you, you could it's easier to go through the the, the pinhole of a needle <laughs> than it is to get a strike according to some some uh, home plate umpires so the whole notion of of makeup calls it's I get it I get it if you make a bad call early in the game you make up the call with another call a little bit later and so it was unfortunate I got caught on a hot mic uh, not by the on, on the uh, on ice mics. It's a little unfortunate. I know Tim Peel has been kind of known been, been known to uh, not so much with the makeup calls, but just kind of turn a blind eye when it comes to to certain calls. Uh, but I think it's unfortunate, especially for the guy who's supposed to retire in April. You, you basically send him to you basically send him to I guess the I guess if you're a teacher, there's a thing called the, the rubber room. So when you can't teach anymore, you're not doing a good enough job teaching. They send you to a room so you can keep getting paid and for the rest of the, the rest of the term. Uh, but it's, it's unfortunate that this, 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 this kind of thing happened. Uh, I don't know why the, the NHL took that quickly to make that decision, but they did. And I don't know if it's because of it's, it's because of the contract with ESPN coming up. I don't know if it's because of uh, the whole betting thing, it, but it's just, it, it's just weird. It's just weird. Cause this happens in every other league, every other call, every other, you know, NFL, major league baseball, NBA, you see this all the time. And I don't know why. I just saw all of a sudden right now it's 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 a big deal. Yeah. Dad, what's your thoughts on Tim Peel's situation? Well, again, I mean, I heard about it right away after the Predator game. And um, it's interesting. I don't know a lot about the new Predator coach, but I thought he handled it very well. You know, he just said, hey, if the guy's an NHL employee, they'll take care of it. Um, at least early on, I didn't hear where he had a lot of comments about it. Um, I don't know that there would have been, again, Ryan, you probably know that official a lot more. I don't know if there was anything personally against Nashville. Um, but, you know, for some, re for some reason, um, you know, he wanted to get a call on it. And luckily, Nashville won the game anyhow. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts. It's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season, make this December one to remember, together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread Packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Yeah, that, that, I thought that was kind of interesting that uh, even with the, that that controversy, Nashville still wound up beating Detroit two nothing. But at this point, I think Buffalo could beat Detroit. <laughs> uh, well, I've so I've officiated basketball and softball, uh, high school high school sports, and you know I know there there have been times where I I knew I missed a call, and after I'm after I missed it, you're like, oh man, I should have called that. So mm -hmm. you get a little bit more ticky tack just to make it up, and you know you're you're a little bit more aware of what's going on and things like that. Um, I don't remember who said it, and I, I wish I would have written it down to give them the 
uh, the credit for it. But they were talking about the fact that it wasn't that the call that he made was like a made-up call. It's just mm-hmm. one that maybe he wouldn't have called otherwise and a little bit more ticky-tack, a little bit faster than maybe what you'd call. It wasn't like he just yeah. – there were no players close to each other and he blew the whistle and called something on somebody. Yeah, uh, I, I, I was listening to I listened to 31, the, thir- the 31 Thoughts podcast with uh, Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman. Excellent hockey podcast, by the way. Go check that out. I mean, it's not they're not a belly-up sports podcast, but it's an excellent podcast nonetheless. But Jeff Merrick was saying that the speed of the game is just so quick. And it, it, to make those kind of calls is tough. Uh, one and, and one interpretation, one referee's interpretation of a rule is different than the other. So one will be a little more strict on hooking, while the other one kind of lets it go a little bit, lets the players play. So, so I, I mean, this shouldn't be a controversy. This, I think the NHL was a little bit rash to make the decision to fire Peel that soon. I think they probably just took him, took him aside and said, you know. You can't say that on a hot mic when there's on mics on ice mics going. You know, keep you know we're gonna you know keep you know have a couple of games to just you know be figure things out. But unfortunately, I think they took the wrong turn and just made a bad decision real quick. Yeah, a little bit of an overreaction, I'd say. Uh, just a little bit. Yeah, we're joined by Ryan McCarthy, He's the hockey department head at Belly Up Sports and host of two podcasts. No credentials required. And around for the weekend, you can find them all on bellyupsports.com and pretty much anywhere you find podcasts as well. Let's talk about kind of where we are in this season and where we're headed towards the end with uh, some of the uh, awards at the end of the year. Connor McDavid seems to be leading the way offensively, uh, most points and second most goals. Um, who's the Hart Memorial Trophy Award? That's the MVP award, as I understand it, for, for hockey. Um, who's, who's your winner for that, at least at this point? Uh, it's definitely Connor McDavid. Uh, without Connor McDavid, the Oilers don't go anywhere. Uh, I mean, yeah, they have. I mean, Leon Drysaddle, his teammate, his he's second in the in, in the points category. But without Connor McDavid, the Edmonton Oilers are not where they are right now. I think they're they're probably within the first the, the three teams that miss out in the in the Scotia North Division, uh, missing the playoffs. But right now, they're in third place. They're just they're right behind Winnipeg and Toronto for that first all important first overall first spot in the division. So without them. Without without Connor McDavid, that team is uh, kind of struggling. So I think the the Hart Memorial Trophy definitely goes to Connor McDavid. You've already mentioned it, but we'll ask it again. Calder Memorial, the rookie award for the year. Uh, you said Kepersoff, Carol Kepersoff, Minnesota Wild left winger. He oh, it just just go to YouTube, search for his highlights. He he's a he's a tremendously talented player, and he's an exciting guy. I think I think he's one of the guy the younger. The younger players, the NHL should market uh, once the ESPN deal hits. And uh, kind of go, actually, I kind of go back to the ESPN deal. I think the ESPN has a tremendous opportunity in the NA, for the NA, to market the NHL stars. Back in the nineties, two thousands, when the NHL was on ESPN, there weren't a lot of American stars to really build around. Now Amer- there's more kids playing hockey than ever. And you've got a lot of guys in the NHL who are Americans that you can market the NHL around to build interest with, especially if they're an American, like a Patrick Kane or a Jack Hughes or uh, Austin Matthews. Even though he plays in Toronto, he's an American. He's an American-born player, and you've got a lot of guys you can market yourselves around to build your interest up uh, on ESPN, especially. So. Yeah. Center commercials again and things like that. Yep. Uh, goalie, is it the Vezina? Uh, how do you say that? Vezina. Vezina trophy for the goalie. Who do you think that's going to be? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I think it comes down to Andre Vasilevsky of Tampa Bay and Mark Andre Fleury of Vegas. Right, it's going to be between those two guys for sure. Um, you know, uh, Robin Lanner was out for quite a bit of the season uh, for Vegas and. The old, the old goalie, that old uh, veteran, Mark Andre Fleury, he stepped in and he's been playing excellent. Vasilevsky's been playing excellent all year. He's got a sub two goals against average. I think it's going to be between those, going to be between those two guys for, uh, for the Vezina. And the James Norris Memorial for defensive player. Uh, anybody catch your eye there? Uh, I think it's going to be between Victor Hedman and Tyson Berry of, uh, of Edmonton. Uh, Tyson Berry was was signed as a free agent in the off season. Uh, he's enjoying himself a really good, a really solid season with 32 points. Uh, so, it, I, but I think at the end of the day, it's going to be Victor Hedman again uh, winning the uh, Norris Trophy. 
Awesome. All right. So hockey season past the midway point, uh, getting but what two weeks away as we record from the uh, trade deadline. Any big names that are that you think are going to get moved at the trade deadline? I I mean I think with Buffalo being the way they are, I think you're going to see a couple of notable names. I think Taylor Hall is probably going to be on his way out. He's on a one-year eight million dollar deal. Uh, it's it's going to be a one-year deal, so you won't lose a whole lot if you if you catch him. Uh, like I said before, with Jack Eichel, you're going to have to pay a King's ransom in order to get him. You're going to give at least two picks, uh, two first-round picks to get him. Uh, I, I think you might see some guys from my New Jersey Devils, unfortunately, be on the way out. Uh, one of them being Kyle Palmieri, who is a veteran presence. He can score goal, can score quick goal, uh, as well as uh, uh, Semi Vatanen. Uh, he's an experienced defenseman. So I think you'll see – one of those names be, leave uh, those teams and become uh, enjoy their new team uh, by the end of, by the trade deadline when it comes all, all settled said and done at four p.m. on Monday, April twelfth. <laughs> Dad, you got anything else? Dad, <laughs> do you have anything? Do you have any other questions? No, I I think we're fine. I've enjoyed it. Interesting there and. Um, Looking forward to the Predators making the playoffs. Maybe a few weeks ago, it didn't look like there was any chance of that. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, they're a young team. I think if they if they add another piece or two and they gel quickly, I think they can make a run. And their goalies are finally playing up to snuff. They had a rough start of the year, it seems like. With Soros and um, Rene, both have, have started to play a lot better. And in hockey, especially when you come down to crunch time, goalie is everything uh, on how you end the season. Absolutely. All right. Ryan McCarthy, hockey department head at Belly Up Sports and host of the No Credentials Required and Around for the Weekend, two separate podcasts. You can, again, catch that anywhere you get your podcasts or also on bellyupsports.com. Ryan, thank you so much for being with us. We really enjoyed it. Thank you, Silver family. Appreciate the time. No problem. All right. We'll talk to you later. All right. Take care. All right. Bye. All right. Great hockey talk there with Ryan McCarthy. And uh, getting me all caught up. I've been so focused on uh, on basketball more so, and and now baseball. Getting ready for the baseball season. I haven't been paying enough attention to hockey, and I think Ryan got us pretty well caught up there, Dad. Yeah, that was very interesting. Like I said, he he knows his stuff there, and um, that was good. And I think hockey season will be um, interesting. When we get to the playoffs because it's going to be a little bit different. Um, from there, and uh, definitely, I think next year you know, to be on ESPN, getting more exposure, it, it's going to be like a new game because I think more people will be exposed to it. Um, but you know, it, it, it's exciting to watch, and there are a lot of good young players. The game is fast, and um, you know they score goals. It's not like the old days when it's one nothing or two to one every game, and I think that's much better for the fans. And playoff hockey, it, it might be the best playoff sport there is. Oh, yeah. All right. We're, baseball season's upon us. We had our fantasy draft uh, last night, and I've got two more coming up here in the next on Monday and on Tuesday as well. And so we're going to wrap up our Major League Baseball preview, talking about the NL Central and the NL East today. We're going to start with the NL Central and uh, jump right in with the uh, Chicago Cubs. Uh, and uh, let's see here. So you got the Cubs, the Reds, the Brewers, the Pirates, and the Cardinals uh, in the NL Central. Chicago Cubs, they uh, lost Jason Kipnis, Kyle Schwarber, Jose Quintana, and Hugh Darvish uh, this year. They brought in Jock Peterson, Jake Arrieta, Zach Davies, Trevor Williams. So three, three pitchers, three starting pitchers for their rotation. Uh, projected lineup, Ian Happ. Uh, Wilson Contreras, Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Jacques Peterson, Javier Baez, Jason Hayward, and Jake Mar Maris Marisnik is uh, they're going to be sharing time in the outfield. And Nico Homer, the second baseman, their pitching rotation: Kyle Hendricks, Jake Arrieta, Zach Davies, Trevor Williams, and Alec Mills. Their win projection is 79 and a half, which is good enough for fourth in the division. Uh, man, the Chicago Cubs, they were, it seems like just yesterday they were winning a World Series, but uh, they don't seem to be that hot of a team anymore. 
No, I, I think the Cubs, um, it'd be interesting to see. I think, you know, we'll see here. I'm sure you're saying a little bit the Brewers will be the team to beat there. I think the other three could all be pretty close. Um, Cubs div- definitely lost some people, but um, you never know. There's some talent there. Yeah, there is some talent for sure. Let's transition uh, over to fantasy baseball. We just had our draft Saturday, and uh, Rizzo stuck around for a really long time. I was surprised to see that. But uh, who are some fantasy guys on Chicago to keep an eye on? Well, most of them are people you know that you've heard of there with Rizzo and Bryant and uh, Baez and Happ, and even a catcher Contreras has been a good catcher for quite a while. Now, a little lower in the rankings. Um, I didn't I didn't pick him, but I was interested in Peterson in the outfield. Um, looks like you know he has potential listed there. And uh, the pitchers you never know, Hendricks you never know about um, listed there. Um, but again, the Cubs is a place where, uh, and we saw that in our draft last night. You know, when you get to where you need a player, that's definitely a team to look at and see who's left. Yeah, um, Hendricks, I think, is probably the best pitcher as far as fantasy value goes. Jake Arrieta, he's probably on the downside of his career. Um, I like Trevor Williams okay, but I I mean, I'm not going to draft him. That's a deal where I can wait and see uh, if he's available later and doing well. Uh, then they got closer Craig Kimbrell as well. Um, if you if you like closer values, uh, you know, he's around. Uh, I'm not sure how many opportunities he's going to get. Chicago seems to be going the wrong direction uh, at this point. But honestly, this division isn't good this year. Uh, they're not. I mean, they're not like horrible, but they're they're definitely not good. The pitching in this division is not great. Uh, I don't think, at least, that's a personal opinion. Um, but we'll get to all those here in a second. Uh, again, fourth in the division. I think they could be third in the division. I don't think the Reds are going to be any good this year. Um, so I think Chicago might jump the Reds, but. According to the official numbers, they are uh, slotted to end up below uh, St. Louis, Milwaukee, and Cincinnati. Uh, speaking of Cincinnati, a uh, team that got worse this year. Key losses for them, uh, Freddie Galvis, Trevor Bauer, and Rossiel Iglesias. Key additions, I don't have any key additions for Cincinnati this year. It's not that they didn't add anybody, but nobody of great importance. Their projected lineup, Jesse Winker, uh, Nick Castellanos, Joey Votto, Eugenio Suarez, Mike Moustakis, Nick Senzel, Tucker Barnhart, Jonathan India. Then in the pitching is Luis Castillo, Tyler Miley, Wade Miley, Jeff Hoffman, and Sonny Gray, who is coming off an injury, may still be injured. I'm not even sure if he's going to start the season on the active roster or not. But um, nonetheless, uh, Cincinnati, they're over under a set about 82 and a half, which is three games above Chicago and tied even with Milwaukee. Boy, I don't see that at all. And now I'm, I'm. Well, you're in. You're just. You're closer to Cincinnati than I am, and I'm not far away. Uh, what's what are you hearing about Cincinnati? Is there optimism, or what's going on with the Reds? There is. There's optimism. I know it ended last year with saying, you know, they were headed more in the right direction. At the first of last year, uh, it was horrible. Boy, the announcers. It was just like this is going to be a horrible season. Uh, then they got better. So again, I am up here in Reds country. I think they could be a surprise. I think they could be better than what you're thinking. I think they've got players. Um, they have potential. They're like anybody. They have to be careful with uh, injuries, and they will need their pitching staff will need to step up um, from there. But uh, I, I think they could be a surprise uh, and play better. Again, you know, great fan following up here. Um and um, I, there's always excitement at the start of the year. It can turn south pretty quick, but um, I think people are definitely excited about baseball season starting, and they feel like there's a chance. Yeah, opening day in Cincinnati is unique. Uh, it's one of the, the more celebrated days in Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, what, what players do you see as, as being able to have optimism about? Because I'm looking at it, um, they don't have a leadoff batter. Just Winker is not a traditional leadoff batter. Votto is, is a great player, maybe a Hall of Famer, but he's he's on the end of his career. Moustakis has a horrible batting average. Senzel's never met up to the expectation that he has. I, Nick, Nick Castellanos. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. 
Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Yeah, he's a great player uh, and really good. Uh, Suarez is okay, but he doesn't have a great batting average either. I was just on ESPN Radio's 1300s here in Lexington on Saturday, and uh, the host, Brad Taylor, he said they don't have a 300 batter on this team. Uh, so, so you said they've got some players, so I'm going to call you out on it. What players do you look at and go, yeah, that's how, that's why Cincinnati can have hope? Well, as I check fantasy, you know, stuff looking at that, you know, you had uh, Castellanos, I guess is how it's pronounced, and Suarez. Uh, that is that is the two main guys. Um, you know, there's some guys, Winkler, you know, guys younger that anytime you have some younger players, which I think they do, then, you know, you don't know what their potential uh, could be. Um, you know, and fantasy wise, Mustakas was interesting because he has multiple positions, but, um, and, and I think, you know, has some potential, but again, pitching wise, uh, that's probably where they, you know, will struggle. You have Castallo, of course, Sonny Gray is always interesting to me because I watched him play high school football, uh, in Tennessee. He was there in the area right where I was at. And um, you know, he's had an interesting baseball career. Uh, he did come off an injury. Um, but I've seen some people that say, boy, he's going to bounce back and really um, be good again. He has real potential. Of course, did great in high school, did great at Vanderbilt, and, um, and started out great, I think, in major leagues. So, uh, yep. again, you know, yeah, you can't point to a lot of people and say they're overpowering. Uh, and you can probably look at Chicago and say, well, yeah, they're – Probably won't be ahead of them, but um, I don't know. I don't know. We'll just see. Like I said, there's a lot of excitement here when you – where I'm at, you hear like, oh, wow, the Reds will have a chance. So we'll see. Yeah, they have some good power hitters. Winker can hit hit yard. Castellanos can hit yard. Vado can hit yard. Suarez, Moustakis. They're all going to hit the ball deep. Uh, the question is, can they be consistent enough to help the team? Castillo and Gray are the better of the pitchers. I mean, Tyler Malley, Wade Miley, I don't even know who Jeff Hoffman is. <laughs> so uh, maybe he's great. I don't know. Uh, Castillo, Suarez, uh, Castellanos, those will be the guys I'd look at fantasy-wise. Um, and then the other guys are going to, if they get hot, then, then that's when I'll be looking at them a little bit more. Let's keep it moving. I don't want to get this one going too long. Milwaukee's next. Uh, their key losses, outfielder Ryan Braun. Uh, he was first baseman more than outfield last year. And really just depth. They didn't lose very many starters. Most of their their losses came when they came to depth. They bring in uh, second baseman Colton Wong from St. Louis and outfielder Jackie Bradley Jr. from Boston. Um, projected lineup is Colton Wong, Lorenzo Kane, Christian Yelich, Keston Hira, Travis Shaw comes back to the team. Uh, Jackie Bradley, Orlando Arcia, and Omar Navarez as the catcher. They'll, they rotate catchers as much as anybody. They'll rotate through their middle infield a little bit. Well, shortstop and third base will rotate a lot this year with Arcia, Shaw, and I forget the other guy's name. They just brought him in last year. Anyways, uh, pitchers, Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, Adrian Hauser, Brett Anderson, and Freddie Peralta is the first five in the rotation, although Josh Lindblom, We'll come in. He'll probably start 10 to 12 games this year as uh, in the rotation. He'll either replace uh, Anderson or Peralta more than likely, but uh, they're going to start him as middle relief. They're uh, over under. Their win total is at 82.5, tied with the Reds at second place in the division. Uh, I know I, I follow the Brewers a little closer than you, Dad, but what are your thoughts on Milwaukee? Um, again, I think, you know, you, you know more about them, but the Brewers have, um, they look good. You know, people rate the division where a lot of teams are the same, but it seems like they've got maybe more talent. Uh, I guess the question about the Brewers has always been maybe the, um, pitching, uh, but if their pitching comes on and uh, studying the fantasy stuff, it burns is like he's supposed to be. Um, then you know they could do well. And when you have a star like Yelich and you have some of the strong in some of the other positions, um, you know I would think they'd have potential to win the division. Yeah, they definitely should compete at the very least. So they've got some questions. Um, Orlando Arcia and Louis Urias are the ones fighting fighting for that shortstop. Um, but Arcia played a lot of third base in spring training. 
and uh, they wanted to see him there. And uh, I think he'll get more playing time than not. But uh, Travis Shaw, they re-signed Travis Shaw, brought him back. He was gone last year. Uh, bring him back. They need him to perform well uh, as a bat. He's always been fine on defense, but his bat went <laughs> went cold the last time he was in Milwaukee. Um, you know, fantasy value-wise, um, who do you like from Milwaukee on the fantasy side of things? Obviously, you have you know the top of the line guys are Woodruff and Yelich, uh, and Hurrah. 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 There you go. Uh, Burns, of course, um, you know, is good. I was lucky enough to get him in our draft, and um, his brothers there. One guy seemed like would be a good pick would be Garcia, uh, the outfielder. Saw some things where he could be positive. Of course, Kane has been good over the years. He may be getting near the end of his career. I'm not sure. Um, again, Milwaukee's a team you can look at when you need people or somebody you want to look at and see who's still available. Yeah, Kane, Jackie Bradley Jr., and Garcia are all going to rotate through and split time in the outfield. Actually, Orlando Garcia might play some some outfield also. Um, right now, Kane and Bradley are both injured, and so uh, that should help Garcia get more playing time. But uh, I think you know Kane is getting old. He sat out all last year, most of last year. He opted out. Um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how that that defense they're going to be really good. Offense is going to be their question mark, and pitching as well. Um, Craig Council it does a great job with his relief pitchers and how he uses them. So if you're in a league that you can get some uh, some value out of relief pitchers that aren't getting saves, but they're getting you innings and strikeouts, there's a couple guys to watch. Like I said before, Josh Lindbaum is definitely a guy that he's going to get you some innings. As a middle relief guy, he's going to pitch you know maybe three innings at a time before he gets into the rotation. Josh Hader, one of the better relief pitchers in all of the Major League Baseball right now. He'll be the closer uh, for, uh, for Milwaukee. And then they've also got the um, uh, Devin, uh, Devin, Devin Williams, who is uh, one of the young, young, talented relief pitchers as well. He'll pitch the seventh and eighth inning some nights, just the eighth inning other nights. Uh, not going to get a lot of saves because that's going to be Hader's job this year, but um, still opportunity is there. Uh, the Pirates, we won't spend a lot of time on them because they're, they're not worth talking about this year, but uh, they lose Josh Bell, uh, starting pitchers Jameson Talion, Joe Musgrave, and Chris Archer. They bring in Todd Frazier and starting pitcher Tyler Anderson. Projected lineup, Adam Frazier, Cabrian Hayes, Colin Moran, uh, Brian Reynolds, Gregory Polanco, Anthony Alford, Jacob Stallings, the catcher and shortstop Kevin Newman. Their pitchers, Tyler Anderson, Chad Cool, Mitch Keller, JT Brubaker, Will Crow. Uh, is there any anything about the Pirates? They're going to be bad. Their, their win total is at 58.5, which is a league worst. Um, they've kind of gutted their team out and kind of starting that rebuild. So let's just jump straight to fantasy with the Pirates. Anybody worth watching uh, on, on Pittsburgh's team? The only name I saw in the fantasy was the third baseman, Hayes. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, like I said, they're definitely on a rebuild. Um, it's like we've talked about other teams from a fantasy standpoint, so it's good to keep an eye on them because at some point they may have a young player that comes up that you know has a good year or has a good few weeks or a month or whatever. So you know you kind of want to keep an eye on them, but it ain't anybody to start out with nobody to draft. Yeah, Hayes is the only name I have down to Adam Frazier, the second baseman. He can have runs that are okay. Um, you know, if you get, you know, I don't know. They're just, they're going to be so bad this year. It's really sad. Uh, not really any pitchers to pay a whole lot of attention to either. St. Louis, there are projected to be the winners of the division at 86 and a half wins. That's four above Milwaukee and Cincinnati. They lose Dexter Fowler and Colton Wong. They bring in a huge addition in Nolan Arenado. Their projected lineup, Tommy Edmond, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, Paul DeJong, uh, Yadier Molina still playing, Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson, Justin Williams. Uh, he'll split some time with Austin Dean. Their rotation is Jack Flaherty, uh, Adam Wainwright, Carlos Martinez, Wong Hyun Kim, I believe is how you say that, and then John Grant. Um, I think the Cardinals are going to win the division. I'm a Brewers fan and I want the Brewers to win, but I, to me, the Cardinals are the best team at this moment. Um, if you play full potential, sure, the Brewers are as good, but I'm not sure they're going to get there. 
Cardinals, uh, any thoughts on them? Well, I mean, they have definitely, um, you know, the great addition there was the third baseman, and that makes them really solid. They have a lot of really strong players. Uh, they have a mix of young, young guys, too. Yeah. Uh, but they have enough veterans where, um, you know, uh, they definitely probably it makes sense where they're the favorite. I don't know that they're guaranteed at all uh, to win because I think, you know, anyone, definitely Milwaukee, uh, Cincinnati could surprise. And, of course, the Cubs, every time the Cubs plays them, that's a great rivalry. So um, you never know. But probably going to it, they, they have some big names. All right. Fantasy value with St. Louis. Uh, of course, you got the big names, Goldsmith. You got the third baseman, is Arenado, is that pronounce it? Pitcher yeah. uh, Flattery. You got Edmund, um, shortstop DeJong. And one guy that I saw, read a little bit about, a young guy would be Carlson, the outfielder, uh, has potential. So you get a couple of guys like that, they're solid all the way around. Yeah, I like Carlos Martinez. He didn't have necessarily a necessarily great year last year, and he's not – projected to be an awesome pitcher this year but I think that he as a third pitcher in the rotation is the best third pitcher in the rotation in the division I think that you've got the Milwaukee and Chicago right behind him when it comes to rotation then Cincinnati and, and Pittsburgh's not even in the equation but um so I like Carlos Martinez he he's just a guy I keep my eye on in leagues I, Dylan Carlson you mentioned him I, to me he's the guy outside of Arenado, that that's worth getting. Uh, Goldschmidt, he's kind of going down a little bit as far as numbers go uh, offensively. I'm not a huge Edmund fan um, or DeJong fan either. So uh, so, so I'm a little down on them fantasy-wise, but I they're the team that scares me the most for sure in the division. Uh, let's slide over to the NL East. Uh, longer podcast today, so we'll try to keep it moving. Uh, we had Ryan McCarthy on earlier, and sure appreciate him coming on. Uh, let's wrap up our Major League preview with the NL East. That's the Braves, the Marlins, the Mets, the Phillies, and the Nationals. A really interesting division, I think. Uh, a lot of potential in this division. We'll start off with Atlanta. They're the projected winners at 91 and a half wins. The key losses, they lose starting pitcher Mike Fulton-Newitz. I'm not sure you say that. And relief pitcher Mark Melancon. They also lost outfielder Adam Duvall. Key additions, starting pitchers, two of them, Charlie Morton and Drew Smiley. Their projected lineup, Ronald Acuna, uh, Ozzie Albies, Freddie Freeman, Marcelo Zuna, Travis Dayernod, uh, Dansby Swanson, third baseman Austin Riley, and then in the outfield, Christian, I think it's Pache, I could be wrong on that, and Ender Encarcion, Enciarte, I don't know how to say his name. They're going to split time out there in the outfield as well. Rotation, Max Fried. Charlie Morton, Ian Anderson, Drew Smiley, and Huascar Yona. I'm not sure you say that one either. You know, I, I don't know. Sorry to Braves fans and these players as I butcher their names. Uh, Dad, Atlanta, I mean, when I was growing up, that was the years for Atlanta, the Glavin Schmoltz uh, years. Um, they were down for a while. Now they're back up again. Yes. And again, you know, back when we were in Tennessee, um, we were around a lot of Braves fans. That's kind of where that was. But it looks like they're back up. It is interesting, this division, like you said, as I was looking at this, um, I just saw a lot of different people had Atlanta first. I saw someone else that had Atlanta in fourth. Division. I mean, it, it really is up and down. Um, I think there a lot of these teams are pretty even in talent. If everyone plays up to potential, then, um, you know, it, it, it could be quite a race over there. On the other hand, you know, somebody gets hot. Um, and Atlanta definitely has potential for that. Like I said, they're probably their mindset. They're back a little closer to where they used to be, you know, where they're winning the division. And, um, you know, They've definitely got some players there, especially a couple of those young guys that's come on. Uh, there's some obvious fantasy guys. Ronald Acuna is one of the top players uh, in all of fantasy baseball and in all of Major League Baseball. Freddie Freeman's up there, Ozzie Albies as well. Um, what are some other guys other than those those main guys that uh, stand out to you fantasy value-wise? Well, let's see. You, you had Albies and, and Ozuna uh, there. Uh, Swanson, you know, he has great – Again, he came out of Vanderbilt there and probably hasn't quite lived up to it yet, but is you know has a lot to do there. Be interesting on their pitching staff. 
Um, you know, where's Morton go with them? Um, of course, you got Sirocco um, there. Riley at third base. Uh, he was interesting. I saw uh, where people, you know, some people think, boy, he, you know, he could really have potential fantasy wise. Uh, and their catcher's probably solid, a solid catcher if you need one. So, yeah. And then Ian Anderson, he's number three in the rotation. He's 22 years old, came in last year and really produced. He's a pitcher to keep your eye on as well. Uh, fantasy wise, Max Fried, he's not going to blow your socks off, but he's going to be good as far as real baseball goes. He's going to be good. Fantasy baseball, I, I'm not a huge fan of him, but you're right, Charlie Morton. But Ian Anderson, a guy to watch for as well in that rotation. Austin Riley, I was intrigued by him. I chose to pass on him on, on our draft, but uh, might look to pick him up in a different league as well. Uh, Miami Marlins, they are projected at 70.5, 70 and a half games. Uh, they surprised last year in the shortened season, had a good season. They lose outfielder Harold Ramirez, second baseman Logan Forsyth, and starting pitcher Jose Urena. Outfield addition by Adam Duvall came over from Atlanta, and uh, they bring in a closer in Anthony Bass as well. Projected lineup, Corey Dickerson, Starling Marte, Jesus Aguilar, Adam Duvall, Ryan Anderson at third, Miguel Rojas at short, uh, Isna, Izan Diaz at second. He'll split some time there. And then the catcher, Jorge Alfaro. Rotation, Sandy Alcantara, Pablo Lopez, Elisir Hernandez, Sixto Sanchez, and Trevor Rogers. Uh, they're not projected to, to compete this year, but they did surprise people last year. Uh, thoughts on the Marlins? Like I said, they, they surprised last year. You're exactly right. No one expects that this year, but I think everyone will kind of keep an eye on them um, because of last year. Again, it would take a lot of young players. They do have a couple of veterans with Marte and that, but um, it would take young guys to come on. The pitching staff would be interesting as I look fantasy-wise. You know, they've got three of the really young guys, and, man, if they came on and all three of them, you know, produced, um, then all of a sudden they'd have a real formidable pitching staff and probably that's what it would take for them to compete. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, fantasy wise, kind of probably the, some of the same names you just mentioned, but, uh, anybody you look at in fantasy. Uh, like I said, it was the three pitchers I had down. Of course, you had Marte and you have Anderson at third base. Otherwise, um, the three young pitchers I was intrigued about. Uh, I didn't get any of them in the draft, but they're people definitely to watch. Um, again, you know, being a fantasy expert like I am, I always love great names. And, and you know, you didn't get much better than Sixto's. So yeah. Yeah. I was intrigued by him so that's the best way to pick fantasy guys is unique names that's what i've always thought definitely that's why uh jesus aguilar is on all my teams uh, <laughs> jesus um no actually jesus aguilar is a guy you shouldn't draft him but uh he's a guy that's going to get hot for about 10 game maybe 15 game stretches and if you can keep an eye on him when he's hot as if you like home runs he's going to give them to you uh, in stretches as the year goes on uh, Marte for sure. Uh, I like Alfaro, too, the catcher, but uh, you're right. The three young pitchers, Alcantara might have a down year, but Sanchez, Pablo Lopez, and Hernandez, three guys to keep an eye on as their careers are just getting started. Um, Sixto Sanchez, I, I, from what I understand, he's not a strikeout guy. So if you like strikeouts, he's not your guy. Um, but outside of that, he, he's, he gets wins. He keeps the ERA. You cut out. There we go. I'm back. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the uh, but he'll be able to help you out and get some some decent things there, Sanchez. Uh, that is. All right. Let's move on to the Mets. The Mets are uh, projected at ninety and a half. That's one game below the Braves. That'd be second place. They got an interesting squad for sure. Wilson. Let's see. They lose Wilson Ramos, the catcher. Two shortstops, Andres Jimenez and Ahmed Rosario. Starting pitcher, Michael Waka, Steven Matz as well, and the designated hitter, which is Yeonis Cespedes. They bring in, in that trade with Cleveland, Francisco Lindor. They bring in James uh, McCann, starting pitcher, Taiwan Walker, and Carlos Carrasco. Carrasco currently injured as well as uh, Noah Syndergaard currently injured as well. Uh, their lineup, Brandon Nemo, Francis, Francisco Lindor, Michael Conforto, 
uh, Conforto, Pete Alonzo at first, Dominic Smith at left, Je- Jeff McNeil at second, J.D. Davis at third, and James McCann at catcher. They're starting rotation until Syndergaard and Carrasco is back. Jacob DeGrom, Marcus Stroman, Taiwan Walker, and Joey Lekesi. Uh Pretty good team, Dad. Yes, uh, I saw some where they said they were hands down, you know, the best team in the division. Um, definitely have a lot of potential. They have some star power there with Alonzo and different ones. Of course, the Grom, and um, they're going to be solid. There'll be no doubt. Braves won't run away from them. Um, I think I think the Mets are somebody that's got to you know got to be in the hunt. Uh, what about fantasy guys for New York? Well, of course, you have, you know, when they got Lindor in now and got Alonzo, uh, they have a couple of good multi position guys with Smith and McNeil um, to look at there. Uh, the good relief pitcher with Diaz, uh, as far as that, uh, Conforto. So, again, this is a team, you know, you need guys, you're going to look at the Mets and see who's still there. Yep, I agree with you completely. Lindor, Carrasco, DeGrom, Syndergaard. All these guys, when they're healthy, are going to be really good. Um, Dominic Smith is a guy I put down too. He's going to get multi-position outfield and first base, an opportunity there to get somebody. He's a little lower in the order. Well, he's not too low. He's uh, fifth, fifth or sixth in the, the order, so that's not bad uh, either. All right, let's keep it moving. Uh, Philadelphia Phillies, uh, they are projected at 80 and a half wins which is fourth in the division. Of course, like you said earlier, that can change depending on where you're looking at them at. They lose Jay Bruce and Jake Arietta. They bring in starting pitchers Matt Moore and Chase Anderson. They've got a really good lineup. Andrew McCutcheon, Reese Hoskins, Bryce Harper, JT Riomuto, uh, Alec Baum, Didi Gregorius, Jean Seguera, and Odubel Herrera. I always say that first name wrong. Their pitching staff is solid, too. Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, Zach Eflin, uh, Matt Moore, and Chase Anderson. I know we've got a Phillies friend that keeps us up to date. That doesn't always help us be accurate, but uh, what are your thoughts on the Phillies? Um, I mean, again, like you you said it when you said they have a solid lineup. When you look at them, I mean, to say, well, they're, they're out of the hunt, um, you know, you can't say that. These guys can play. Um, now, some of them are getting a little older, but there are a couple of young guys. And I think, again, um, my contact with the Phillies tells me there's some good guys down in the farm system and guys coming up. And they've had a few of those here lately. So, of course, you got Harper. You know, you've got some players. So, I, I think the Phillies um, can, can be in the hunt. There's no doubt about that. So, outside of Miami, I think everybody else – I'll be interested to see where it shakes out. Yeah, we don't gamble, but I would take the over on 80 and a half, I think. Yeah. I I did. Um, Really, a lot of veterans on this team, too. I mean, you're talking McCutcheon. Hoskins has been around for a while. Harper, Romuto, Gregorius, Seguera are all older veteran, not like old, but solid veteran players. Then you got some young talent in Baum as well. Uh, Pitching staff seems to be pretty solid, pretty deep as well. What about fantasy guys with the Phillies? Obviously, there's I think there's a lot. Yes, there is. And, and basically, you know, you named them there. You've got veterans. They're definitely to look at because these are guys that are solid starters with Gregarious. You know, McCutcheon, you think, well, he may be a little too old, but you never know what kind of year he's going to have. Baum, of course, has um, real potential as a younger guy. Uh, you got some pitchers there with Nola and Wheeler. Uh, the catcher may be the highest ranked, one of the best catchers in in in, in fantasy. Uh, of course, Harper. So, um, I mean, Dev, there's plenty of guys on the Phillies to go get. Definitely. I think they'll definitely be over 80 and a half wins. Uh, but this is be the one division that they're going to beat each other up in, <laughs> too. So, you got it's a tough one. Uh, let's close it out with the Washington Nationals. Uh, they lose as Rubable Cabrera, outfielder Adam Eaton, catcher Kurt Suzuki, relief pitcher Sean Doolittle. Some interesting additions for Washington. They bring in Josh Bell at first base, Kyle Schwarber at the outfield, John Lester, starting pitcher, and relief pitcher closer Brad Hand as well. Projected lineup is outfielder Victor Robles, shortstop Trey Turner, right field Juan Soto, first base Josh Bell, left field Kyle Schwarber, second base Starling Castro, 
uh, catcher Jan Gomes and third baseman Josh Harrison. Third base is an interesting uh, battle in Washington. Everyone assumed Carter Kaboom would take over. He was supposed to be the big prospect. He loses the job in spring training, and uh, and he will not be the regular third baseman. Uh, pitching rotation is stacked, uh, at least four deep. Max Scherzer, Patrick Corbin, Stephen Strasburg, uh, John Lester, and then the fifth one is Joe Ross. What are your thoughts on the Nationals? Again, looking at their lineup, they have a lineup. Um, there'd be no reason why they can compete. You're probably right. This is a division where they'll beat each other up uh, some, and it'll be close unless they all dominate outside their division. Um, definitely good players there. And again, a mix uh, somewhat of veterans and young. Does look like they did a good job of who they brought in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They're projected at eighty-four and a half. That puts them third in the division behind the Braves and the Mets. Um, but like you said, I think Braves, Mets, Phillies, Nationals. It's going to be a race to the end um, uh, there. What about uh, some some fantasy guys there? I got guys that I don't like on the Nationals. But there are some guys I like too. So, what are your fantasy thoughts on the Nationals? Well, of course, you know you have the good guys Soto and Turner for sure. Uh, Scherzer, Strasburg, of course, is the pitchers. Corbin has potential. Uh, Schwarber to me hasn't always been great, but you don't know where that's going to uh, end up. They do have the reliever Josh Bell. I have liked. He has gone downhill since the great year he had there in Pittsburgh, but uh, surely he's a power hitter that you know is worth taking a. Chance on seems to me like, and uh, Robles in the outfield. So there's quite a few names again. Um, when you're looking, needing a fantasy person, um, National League East, you want to check those teams out. Yeah, I do not like Victor Robles. I, they, I've had him on my team before. He doesn't give me enough, uh, for especially for batting leadoff. Um, Josh Bell, I like a lot this year as a guy that's going to get, get come back around this year. Change of scenery, I think, is going to be great for him. Same with Kyle Schwarber. I think him being in a new place is going to be in the world for him. I expect him to have a pretty big year also. Uh, not a big Strasburg guy anymore. I think he's his injury history has really hurt him. But when you look at their first four pitchers, Scherzer, Corbin, Strasburg, and Lester, I mean, that's a solid, solid grouping. And, and if you have a pitcher go down, you need to pick someone up. That's one of the rotations I'm looking at. Uh, for sure, to add people. I think, uh, I mean, you look at at all these guys. When the Mets are healthy, when Carrasco and Syndergaard are back, they probably have the best the best starting five pitchers. Um, the Nationals are close. Uh, the Phillies are close. The Braves, they're going to have to reach potential uh, to, met, to met, match up there. But offensively, defensively, the Braves lineup is as good, I think, as the Nationals and the Phillies and the Mets. Um, but nonetheless, there are definitely some some good lineups there in the NL East for sure. Um, I don't I, I don't I don't know how much you paid attention to the Carter Key Boom stuff, but that's crazy. He was their top prospect. He's going to be the guy of the future at third base, and just hasn't been able to win the job. And man, when you're starting the season and you're supposed to win it and you don't, that's a problem, especially when you're a prospect uh, coming in as well. All right. Um, any other baseball thoughts before we sign off? No, uh, it'd be interesting to start this week. So um, uh, has potential to be a good baseball season. It's like any sport. See where uh, how COVID affects it. We're getting on the better end of it. So baseball, um, you know, baseball should have potential to not have the problems they did last year. Yep, I think we're getting getting close to normal. Uh, Florida, they're allowed to have fans. Texas is allowed to have fans, and other states will open up here shortly as well. So it should provide uh, for a good baseball season. Uh, I mean, I said it before, it looks to me like it's Dodgers Yankees in the world series. Any thoughts on anything different there? No, I mean, they're definitely the two favorites going in. I think as we've looked at all these divisions, um, you know, you never know. There's some teams in there. You know, some people like Minnesota. The White Sox probably have uh, some potential. Had a lot of players that we like there. Um, you know, uh, Oakland, I don't know if you can count them out. Um, of course, Houston, you don't know if they're going to rebound. So a lot of interesting things could happen. Yes, I think starting out, you pencil in the Yankees and the Dodgers and uh, see who can knock them off. 
Yeah, I mean, all it takes is one big trade, right? <laughs> uh, middle of the season, and all of a sudden, Mike Trout lands in Atlanta. It's going to be a different, a different thought all the way around as well. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today. Again, we're brought to you by Blue Coolers and Skull Candy. There are links in the podcast notes for both of those. Thank you for joining us for the Major League Baseball preview. Uh, we've got some exciting things coming up this week. Plan to interview UFC heavyweight Harry Hunsucker. He's going to join us to talk about his fight with Bam Bam Tuavasa, as well as what's ahead for him in the UFC. And excited to have that one coming forward. We'll continue with baseball talk as the baseball season uh, hits off here this year. We've got the NFL draft coming up rather quickly. We'll get a lot of stuff going with that um, and get you prepared uh, for that. And then eventually into all the summer sport as well as we hit the playoffs with the basketball and hockey and uh, and all that good stuff also. So, Dad, thanks for being with us. Again, a thank you to Ryan McCarthy for joining us today. And thank you for listening to the Sports Stove Podcast. Until next time, we'll see you around the sports stove.